how great woke was. Remember that? The woke culture. The left is woke. Republicans are out to lunch. We're woke, baby. We're woke, said the Democrats. Well, apparently woke is broke when it comes to your own backyard. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another episode of the Jamie Dury Show podcast. If you have not already done so, please subscribe to the show. And you can do so in one of three easy ways. You can either go to the Google Play Store or the iTunes App Store and just search the Jamie Dury Show podcast in those native podcast aggregator apps. Or you can download the free Podbean app in either of those two places and you can subscribe that way. Either way, you'll be able to leave reviews, comments, ask questions. Uh, You can even email me directly if you have a question or a topic you'd like me to cover at jamiedury1776 at gmail.com. But right now, the very, very woke, very, very celebrated, very, very popular AOC, the very fact that they have an acronym for a congresswoman is kind of off-putting to me, is suddenly gone from very woke to very unwoke. She was all for illegal, she's all for anything that's leftist, socialist, and actually, let's just come out and say it, anything that's communist, until the illegal aliens moved into her district. Now, suddenly, AOC wants the tent city for illegal aliens that was being set up in City Island at Orchard Beach moved out of her district. This article here, several articles have written about it, uh, goes on to explain... How do you expose woke social justice politicians who rip on others for not embracing the idiotic policies they want to impose? Simple. You bring the problem to their backyard, and suddenly they don't like their own solutions anymore. We saw this with Martha's Vineyard. We've seen it with sanctuary cities across the nation. And now we're seeing it with the former queen of woke, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The Democrat Socialist Congresswoman isn't happy about plans to build a tent city for illegal aliens in her district. Why would she be? It's an election year. And Tina Forte is challenging her. And a lot of her lunacy has been exposed in recent years. Now she's had a fallout with Elon Musk, wants to get rid of her Tesla because he suddenly says, you Democrats are just too wackadoo for me. I'm voting Republican this November. But she's had a simmering beef, it seems, with um, Eric Adams, who's described here as the more moderate-minded mayor. Now, if you're a guy like Eric Adams is being described as moderate-minded, then you must be a pretty left-wing lunatic. And that's exactly what AOC is. She's had a big, big feud with Eric Adams. <clears throat> I think we can get to a place with a better solution here. Yeah, like Queens, maybe, or Brooklyn. That's the better place that she wants. Anything but the Bronx. They're planning to house upward of 1,000 Latin American immigrants there. Well, you know what I say? You wanted them, sweetheart. You wanted the laws of this country flouted. You wanted the law made a mockery of. You wanted to label President Trump and all of us who wanted to uphold laws that Congress passed about how do you gain entry legally into the United States. You wanted all of us to be deemed race baiters and racists and uh, throwbacks to days of old and become very, very enlightened and woke 
and lining all these people in and have an open border. Well, you wanted it. You should be able to have it. The rest of us didn't want it. Have them go to your backyard. Don't send them to us. We didn't want them. Another case of the elites, ladies and gentlemen. What's good for thee, not good for me. It's good for you, not for me. She's suddenly concerned now, it says here, about transit access, about susceptibility for flooding. Those problems existed before illegal aliens got there, but she never mentioned them. Does that mean she doesn't care about American citizens having to transit? having transit access and living in an area susceptible to flooding. No, what it really means, as the article clearly points out so well, is that she's looking for an excuse for why she's suddenly no longer woke enough to allow voters in her district to see firsthand the results of the open border policies she embraces. As invariably the case, the policies radical Democrats adore are only applicable when they don't have to face the consequences of their decisions. Well, those consequences have come home to roost. And I, for one, want to see those 10 cities staying right where they are in the Bronx. Let people see and let Tina Forte go there and campaign and hold a rally and have the people of the Bronx, the minorities, the Puerto Ricans who came here legally, the African Americans who were born here and are here legally, let them all see what their precious AOC thinks of them by allowing this in their borough. Let them see it. But not everyone is blind. Not everyone is blind in this country about what the Democrats are trying to do. Wisconsin is a good case in point. Wisconsin and Delaware. A lot has been happening there that uh, you don't get seen re- uh, see reported many places in terms of elections and voting. So let me bring you up to speed. In Wisconsin, uh, just the other day, Circuit Judge Brad Schimmel, October 5th this was, granted a request for a temporary injunction against the practice of allowing a Wisconsin voter to cancel their ballot and cast a new one. That practice has now been termed illegal by this injunction. And this all came about um, by officials across the state, by the Wisconsin election commissions. A Wisconsin voter named Nancy uh, Kormanek sued the commission over their guidance, which says that clerks can give completed and submitted absentee ballots back to a voter, arguing it violates Wisconsin law that says the clerk shall not return the ballot to the elector once submitted. That seems fair. Once a vote has been cast, you have to have integrity. Look, ladies and gentlemen, all these things that have been happening in recent years that we never had years ago when I was younger, like early voting, mail-in voting. We always had absentee ballots, but those were generally accepted to be granted to people who were either infirmed and couldn't make it to the polls And they had to be requested. They weren't just mailed out. Or people who were going to be out of the state. People who, say, were snowbirds that still considered themselves New York residents. But they lived a part of the year in Florida. And they wanted to not miss out on the election. So we gave them an absentee ballot. 
always been accepted. It's always been a minority of the total number of votes cast, so it really wasn't an election integrity issue. But these mail-in ballots, where we're just sending out ballots to anyone on the voter rolls, whether they've requested it or not, is just wrought with fraud or potential fraud. So this guidance of being able to return a, a completed ballot back to an elector in violation of the law was issued after several candidates dropped out of high-profile races, including Democrat candidates for the U.S. Senate, like Alex Lazary. So I guess they wanted the ballots given back so people could ostensibly pick a different Democrat. Schimmel, who's a former Republican Wisconsin Attorney General, sided with the voter, Cormanic, and ordered an injunction that took effect on Friday afternoon. Restoring integrity and trust in elections is representing Cormanic. That's an organization that's out there in Wisconsin. The group was started by former Bush administration official Karl Rove and others. Today's ruling, it says, quote, is another major victory for Wisconsin voters. WEC's unlawful guidance, that means Wisconsin Election Commission, unlawful guidance destroys voter confidence and taints the integrity of Wisconsin's elections. Once a vote is cast, it is cast, period, said Derek Lyons, president and CEO of Restoring Integrity and Trust in Elections. Strangely enough, the Wisconsin Election Commission did not respond to a request for comment. I wonder why. The defendants have appealed this decision to the State Court of Appeals, which has not yet ruled. Uh, I have a feeling that's going to be a futile effort. They may overturn it, but ultimately when it gets to the Wisconsin Supreme Court, I think that will be the end of it. It will be upheld, and uh, they won't be able to get away with this chicanery. Voting has already started in Wisconsin. The governor's mansion is at stake this year, as are U.S. Senate seat uh, among the positions that are able to be grabbed. Now, earlier this year, the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled that ballot drop boxes are illegal after the Wisconsin Election Commission tried to keep the boxes in place. A Waukesha County Circuit Judge, Michael uh, Abrahamin, has in several rulings found that the the, uh, Wisconsin Election Commission guidance stating officials can fix issues with absentee ballot witness certificates was illegal. Wisconsin law does not authorize election officials to correct, modify, alter, or add to an absentee ballot certification. Now, after that ruling, uh, the commission backed off. But given that the Supreme Court has expressed, I'm talking about the Wisconsin Supreme Court now, is expressing an interest in ballot integrity by ruling drop boxes are illegal, I don't think it's too much of a uh, of crystal ball prediction to say that if this issue reaches them, meaning that whether or not when a ballot has been submitted, it's submitted, you just can't give it back and let me, oh, let me change this. You're supposed to look everything over before you change it. It's before you submit it, rather. It's a solemn duty to vote. I think it's done. And apparently, uh, this is not the only area where people are concerned about election integrity. Delaware, of all places where creepy, sleepy Joe Biden emanates from. Delaware's new law that allows voting by mail 
regardless of reason, violates the state constitution. So says the Delaware Supreme Court on October 7th. So that's the end of that. Quote, the vote by mail statute impermissibly expands the categories of absentee voters identified in Article 5, Section 4A of the Delaware Constitution. Therefore, the judgment of the Court of Chancery that the vote-by-mail statute violates the Delaware Constitution should be affirmed, said the state's top court. Apparently, the Court of Chancery uh, voted that also it violates the state constitution, and the Delaware Supreme Court has affirmed that ruling. Vice Chancellor Nathan Cook of the Court of Chancery of the state of Delaware ruled back in September that the law was in conflict with the state constitution and therefore must be rejected. And so the Supreme Court of that state has just affirmed it. The Delaware Constitution allows absentee voting, but only people who meet certain conditions, such as people who cannot make it to a polling location due to sickness or physical disability, can vote by mail. That's always been accepted. We're not going to tell our senior citizens they can't vote because they're too sick to get to the poll. We have to have... uh, provisions for people in that position, but that doesn't mean that every Tom, Dick, or Harry should be allowed to vote by mail. As far as I'm concerned, even in in in-person voting, there should be no early voting. You either vote on election day or you don't. That's it. That's how you ensure election integrity so that people can't vote on the 10th and the 15th, the 25th, and then on the 4th, on actual election day of the following month. Can't have it. You just can't have it. There's too much monkey business going about. Too many elections. You're basically having multiple election days. It's just too much to secure. It's a security issue. It's a security issue. Now, interestingly, the new law that was just overturned was passed over the summer and signed into law by Governor John Carney, Democrat, no surprise, says that any voter who wants to who wants, can fill out an application and receive a ballot by mail and return by mail. Just madness. It's just madness. Cook also turned down a challenge to the plaintiff, uh, Delaware Elections Inspector Michael Manella, to to a different law that allows same-day voter registration. But the Delaware Supreme Court reversed that decision. The law regarding same-day registration conflicts with the provisions of Article 5, Section 4 of the Delaware Constitution, the court said. Consequently, the judgment of the Court of Chancery that same-day registration statute does not violate the Delaware Constitution should be reversed. Ooh, doesn't that hurt? Let me read that to you again. The law regarding same-day registration conflicts with the provisions of Article 5, Section 4 of the Delaware Constitution, the court said. That's the Supreme Court. Consequently, the judgment of the Court of Chancery, which was the lower court, which had held that same-day registration statute does not violate the Delaware Constitution, shall be reversed. So the state of Delaware got hit twice. They got slammed by their own Supreme Court that said, you can't have vote by mail universally for anyone. You have to have a reason, and the reasons have already been enumerated. And 
You can't register the same day because that type of thing violates the state constitution. So that is a big win for the integrity of elections in the state of Delaware because having mail-in voting and allowing people to register the same day is two, or are, I should say, not is, are two very, very easy ways of upending an election and completely destroying its integrity. So I'm glad, and uh, kudos to the Supreme Court of the state of Delaware for finally bringing some semblance of sanity to this process. Now, to show you how much of a red wave is potentially coming uh, in November, the Democrats are desperate. And they're willing to do almost anything to curry favor with any lowlife to try and get a vote. On October 6th, our benighted, dementia-ridden president, Joe Biden, announced a decision to pardon every person who was convicted of possessing marijuana on the federal level or in Washington, D.C. This move has some lawmakers applauding it and others expressing a degree of skepticism. Quote, There are thousands of people who were previously convicted of simple possession who may be denied employment, housing, or educational opportunities as a result. My pardon will remove this burden. This is what Biden says. Now, his administration is saying there are over 6,500 people with federal convictions from 1992 to 2021 and thousands of others with convictions under D.C. law. Now, Possession of marijuana is supposed to be a misdemeanor, can land you in jail for up to one year for a first offense, two years on a second bite of the apple, and three years uh, for each subsequent offense. But according to this other report we're getting, no people, no one, is currently in federal prison solely for possession of marijuana. This is what one official in the Biden administration supposedly told reporters. Now, under federal law, marijuana is classified as a Schedule I drug. This is the highest classification reserved for drugs that have a, quote, high potential for abuse and for which there is no accepted medical use, according to the Controlled Substance Act. Now, I know this runs afoul of what some states have done, where they've decriminalized marijuana, saying that there, there is a bona fide medical use for it. But that presumption or that uh, acceptance of marijuana as a medicinal drug has not made it into the lexicon of the federal legal system. It's still a Schedule I drug there. So despite growing number of states decriminalizing marijuana, it doesn't make a difference. Now, in those states where medical marijuana has been decriminalized, they're still in violation of federal law. But the federal authorities almost never bring a criminal prosecution against people in that situation. Uh, you know, and, and Biden is really pandering. Oh, sending people to prison for marijuana possession has upended too many lives and incarcerated people for conduct that many states no longer prohibit. Well, what do you care? You were one of the biggest crime hawks around in your days in the Senate. The Comprehensive Crime Control Act was one of your brainchilds. You were big in abolishing parole. Everyone now does 85% of their time in federal prison because of you. Now all of a sudden you're, you're getting buyer's remorse. 
People's lives have been ruined. And what do you care if states don't prohibit it any longer? When you were a federal lawmaker, you didn't care what the states did. All you cared about was the federal system. Anthony Coley, a Department of Justice spokesman, said the agency will expeditiously administer the president's proclamation and start implementing a process that will provide the relevant people with certificates of pardon. I guess that's all they can do, because according to another spokesman for the Biden administration, as I said a few minutes ago, there's no one currently in federal prison who is in prison purely for marijuana possession. And also, this proclamation, if you will, that Biden has issued... Uh, makes clear that the pardons do not apply to any other offense and do not apply to non-citizens who weren't legally present in the United States at the time they possessed marijuana. So it's going to be like the student loan forgiveness. You're going to find out that, although it sounds good and like everybody's going to get a free lunch, when all the smoke clears, you're going to find very few people are going to get the benefit of this. And not only is he pardoning people at the federal level. He's gone on to urge governors across the country, I guess mostly Democratic governors, to pardon people incarcerated in state prison for state-level marijuana possession. As I've said before, no one should be in jail just for using or possessing marijuana. That wasn't the case when he was on the commissions uh, coming up with the Comprehensive Crime Control Bill and the abolition of parole. So stop trying to get both sides of the dish, Mr. Biden. You can't have it both ways. When you were a senator, you walked around with a certain degree of braggadocio as a tough-on-crime Democrat. And now, as a senile, failing fool, like a puppet on the Paul Winchell show, with the hand of Barack Obama up your back. Now you're trying to mouth the words of sympathy for those who have fallen under the thumb of federal laws which you were principally involved in drafting. And all of a sudden you're concerned about it because it's an election year and you're about to have your clock cleaned. At least that's the confidence expressed by Ted Cruz who says the midterms will be a red tsunami because the Democrats' only issue right now is abortion. And I really don't think that with the price of gas, what it is, inflation, what it is, people unable to afford new cars, people unable to afford their mortgages because the mortgage rates continuing to go up and up and up and up and up, are really focusing that much on abortion, particularly since anyone in the know should know by now that abortion is not going away. It's a state right. It's no longer a federal right. And states that have guaranteed abortion for years are going to continue to do so. You're still going to have abortion in New York, California, Massachusetts, Illinois. All your liberal states, your blue states, abortion is not going away anytime soon in this country. So to my Democratic friends, if you're hanging your hat on the abortion argument to try and hold on to Congress and the Senate, you're barking up the wrong tree. Get ready to take it on the chin. Look as happy as you can. Come November, we're going to wipe you out. And come January, when the new Congress is sworn in, the Biden administration is going to come to a screeching halt. For the Jamie Dury Show podcast, I'm Jamie Dury.